You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. This is called a covenant service, and they have existed for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they have traditionally happened around the new year. And so it is just a time that Christians have gathered together around New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or the closest Sunday to New Year's, and just taking it as a time to be introspective, to be thoughtful, to confess our areas of weakness and sinfulness, brokenness, and recommit our life to Jesus. So I have a short sermon, and when I say short, I mean I'm hoping this thing is less than seven minutes, Uh, but just to help us receive some gospel today, uh, we're going to be looking at John 1, I mean John 15, 1 through 8. And so here now the word of the Lord, it says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine, the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit and he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit and in this way prove that you are my disciples. Just a few points as we take away from that gospel and and dive into Jesus' words here in John 15. Jesus really desperately wants you to know that uh, Jesus is the source of life that a branch cannot exist out the vine, right? That we draw our source of life from Jesus himself. And I'm saying all that because sometimes at the beginning of the year, uh, we make resolutions, and I love resolutions. I really, really, really do love resolutions. Uh, but at the bottom of revolutions, re- revolutions? And resolutions, both of them, have this striking characteristic which is this, work harder, try harder, right? There's something in your life that's not good enough and you need to work harder at it. And so one of the antidotes that this covenant service brings is that it reminds us that the spiritual walk is by grace and that the life that we need so desperately is not derived from our own hard work and we don't earn it, we simply receive it. Like a plant, like a leaf receives it from the stalk. So Jesus invites us and commands us to remain in him, or the old language is to abide in him, to stay connected to him as the source of life. Jesus says, if we want to be fruitful, if we want to produce anything of any value, we need to stay connected to him, to receive that life, to receive the nourishing, the water, the nutrients, all the stuff that Jesus wants us to get. 
I always think of this diagram. I think it's helpful when, we, when I talk about this passage uh, because sometimes I just need a visual representation of what's going on. Jesus is inviting us into a, a pendulum of rest and work, uh, of abiding and fruitfulness. All of us, I think, want to be fruitful. All of us need and would desire more rest. And so Jesus is talking about that here in this pendulum. But one of the things Jesus tells us is that sometimes to get to rest and to get to abiding and to get to remaining in Jesus, there's a pruning process that happens, a cutting, a trimming. In fact, if you, if you dig deeper into Jesus' words, sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes the ones that he says that produce the most fruit are the ones that get pruned and get trimmed. And he says the ones that don't produce any fruit at all, they just get cut and thrown, in, thrown into the fire. Both of those require a little bit of violence, right? A little bit of damage, a little bit of cutting back. So I think maybe in the beginning of this year, there's a good reminder that Jesus is inviting us to abide in him, but sometimes that means we've got to cut some stuff back, or at least Jesus is going to cut some stuff back in our life. And it's probably going to hurt or be uncomfortable or not be desirable. But that's part of the abiding process, the resting process, the pruning process is the cutting process. My wife's old neighbor from her childhood home has a vineyard, and he did not grow up with vineyards. He planted it when he was uh, retired, um, and he didn't know anything about vineyards. And after the first season, they had to go out and trim the branches and the vines uh, and he said, he, he got an expert to come help him, and they cut these things back to the nubs of, of this stock. And he said, I, I, I thought we killed it, right? I thought we killed our entire plant. All this work I've done, all this watering I've done, I was out there, right, cultivating this whole vineyard, and then we just cut everything back, and it looked like it would never live again. And then the following season, it all sprouted and bloomed and branched. Uh, sometimes the resting and the abiding comes with a pruning. In fact, Jesus tells us this is how we become one of his followers that bears a lot of fruit. Likewise, the goal of resting and abiding is to be fruitful, to do good work, to represent Jesus well in the world. Sometimes we can get stuck. I don't know, you probably lean one way or the other, but some people like to stay here all the time. But the goal is ultimately to get here. Some people want to be here all the time, and they never go here, and I'll let the Holy Spirit convict you on which one you are. But that's a pendulum. You can't do both at the same time. And Jesus invites us to abide and to rest. The other thing Jesus t teaches us in this passage is that we work from our rest, not for our rest. The invitation is abiding first. The invitation is remaining first. The invitation is staying connected to the branch, to the vine, right? That's the, in fact, he says you can't do anything worthwhile without being connected. This is a reminder for us as we begin the year again. We work from it, our rest, not for it. Sunday, the Lord's Day, is the first day of the week. It's an invitation. The Genesis account, Genesis chapter 1, human beings are created on Friday, and Saturday is a day of rest. 
with God. The very first day of human creation is just resting. We work from our rest, not for our rest. Everybody is not working for the weekend. You should be working from your weekend. <laughs> that song is wrong. But ultimately what Jesus wants us to know is that growth comes from the grace of God. Not in your striving. Not in your own self-strength. Not in your own guilt and shame and negative self-talk. It comes from Jesus. A covenant is a promise of lifelong relationship. And in this metaphor, a lifelong of staying connected to the life source that is Jesus. And in a covenant, Jesus is promising to bless us as we remain in him. There is a blessing for us uh, as long as we keep our end of the bargain, which is commitment, which is closeness, which is abiding. Jesus' goal is to save the world and to show the world who he is in and through us. And the blessing we receive is life. Nourishment, nutrients for our journey. So with that in mind, let's move into our covenant-keeping conversation. Where we confess, where we declare, where we proclaim that we want to stay connected to the source of life. Hear now the confession as we admit our failures and brokenness and our inability to do this on our own. It says this, We are those who seek to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we fall short. Let us now examine ourselves before God, humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we do not deceive ourselves and cut ourselves away from God. Let us pray. Would you pray with us? Father God, you have set forth the way of life through your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you love dearly. We shamefully confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us, but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we have passed them by. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We now confess to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, or our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Jesus, or the ways we deceive others. Forgive us for when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we have done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. Forgive us that we have been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we have not been ready to carry our own crosses. 
Forgive us that we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, our inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us for when we have not tried to reconcile with others and when we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now. Take a moment to confess the things that are coming to your own heart. Hear now the words of assurance and pardon. God, the Father of all mercies, is faithful to cleanse us from our sins and restore us to Christ's image. Praise and glory be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now move into a time of communion. Hear now the words as we come to the cup and the bread receiving and communing with Jesus and with one another. You who are truly and earnestly, you who truly and earnestly repent of your sins, who live in love and peace with your neighbors, and who intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking in his holy ways, draw near with faith and take this holy sacrament to your comfort and humbly kneeling, make your honest confession to Almighty God. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all people, we confess that we have sinned and we are deeply grieved as we remember the wickedness of our past lives. We have sinned against you, your holiness, and your love, and we deserve only your indignation and anger. We sincerely repent, and we are genuinely sorry for all wrongdoing and every failure to do the things that we should. Our hearts are grieved, and we acknowledge that we are hopeless without your grace. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, most merciful Father, for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us, cleanse us, and give us strength to serve and please you in newness of life and to honor and praise your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Questions for you all as we approach the table. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? 
Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church, that's big C, that's the church, and serve as Christ's representative in the world? I will. Let us join together then in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Those last three slides are called the Apostles' Creed. This word Catholic means universal. You didn't just pledge allegiance to the Pope, I promise you. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who gave in love your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who by his sacrifice offered once and for all did provide a full, perfect, and sufficient atonement for the sins of the world. We come now to your table in obedience to your Son, Jesus Christ, who in his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until he comes again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we humbly ask, and grant that we, receiving this bread and this cup, as he commanded, and in the memory of his passion and death, may partake of his most blessed body and blood. Table Church, would you finish this prayer with me by saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the night of his betrayal, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given to you. Whenever you eat of this, do so in remembrance of me. In like manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many, for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. At the table church, we celebrate the Lord's table every week. We understand that the times we're in, and so if you do not want to participate, please feel no pressure or obligation to do so. 
But if you do want to participate, you can come down this aisle and receive some bread and dip it in the cup. If you need a gluten-free option, please let me know. We have some of that available as well. If you'd like special prayer offered to you or anointing with oil, we're happy to do that too. Let us know. Miranda's in the back. She's happy to pray with you as well if you would like special prayer during this time. I'm going to invite the praise team up after they take communion. There will be some songs to sing, but it's ultimately your time in worship and freedom to praise and worship the Lord as you feel led. When and if you are ready, you're welcome to the table.